citizen scientist, lends spare computing power to combat disease. I'm Tanya Hall, and joining me is Dr. Greg Bowman, associate professor at Washington University in St. Louis and director at Folding at Home. Welcome, Dr. Bowman. Thanks, pleasure. What is the mission of Folding at Home and what do you do there? So we really have a couple of concurrent things going on and just very briefly, it's to empower anyone with a computer and an internet connection to help drive biomedical research, both you know, basic research that is the foundation of further progress and very applied uh, biomedical research like our recent work on COVID-19 and uh, drug discovery efforts for combating the pandemic. You started out concentrating on cancer, Ebola, and Alzheimer's. So what success did you have with those domains? Uh, so this has been really exciting. So Folding at Home started 20 years ago and was very focused on this very basic research project uh, problem, which is you know, how do these molecular machines called proteins build themselves uh, through a process called folding? Uh, and having made a lot of success in that domain, uh, you know, one of the objectives was that the, the technologies that could solve that problem would also be useful for solving a host of related problems that are more immediately relevant to things like human disease and designing proteins that can be used to tackle climate change and other big global problems. Uh, and, and so we very much, especially in the last five years, uh, transitioned from purely focusing on these very fundamental questions, proving that the technology works to taking this extremely powerful platform for understanding how life works at the molecular scale and using it to understand, you know, how, how do diseases like Alzheimer's and cancer work and how can we uh, design drugs in clever new ways to combat these health threats and, you know, how can we use our insight into the mechanisms of these machines to improve their function, to improve crop yields, or you know, what other, whatever other application you can dream up. Early last year, you pivoted to working on COVID-19. Tell us about that. Yeah, so that was crazy. I mean, I had literally just gone to a big inter, uh, international conference called the Biophysical Society meeting and uh, presented the culmination of a couple of years work where we had been tackling a protein from Ebola virus that uh, plays a crucial role in the replication cycle of this virus that is you know, a scary health threat. Uh, and, uh, but people had written it off as a potential drug target effectively, because if you look at the structure of this machine, there just aren't obvious places for a drug to bind. And what we did is take all the tools that we've been developing for watching the moving parts and simulating the moving parts of these molecular machines to understand you know, how they move relative to one another and how that allows them to catalyze chemical reactions or toggle between on and off states and so on and so forth. So we took all of those tools and went hunting for uh, motions of this protein that would uh, create uh, binding sites, unexpected binding sites for uh, potential drugs that we call cryptic sites. Uh, so we, we actually discovered one of these in this uh, Ebola protein, and then a third of my lab is actually experimental. So we have uh, experimental data to corroborate this computational prediction that came out of our, our simulations. So I presented this work to you know, the scientific community for the first time, and then I flew home, and the next week you know, 
uh, was announced that we shouldn't come into work the following week, basically, because uh, the SARS-CoV-2 virus uh, had become a, a pandemic and it was time to batten down the, the hatches. Uh, so, so given that you know we have this very general platform and have made this great progress on uh, Ebola and have contributed to work in other viruses that has actually uh, uh, led to clinical trials for you know new uh, repurposing of existing drugs to combat new viruses, uh, it didn't take us long to realize like well, you know if if everyone is impacted by this ourselves included, then it's time to drop everything and turn all of these tools loose. Uh, on the proteins that uh, this virus uses to infect prospective hosts and evade an immune response and replicate itself and to help find new ways to combat it. Uh, so that's exactly what we did. And uh, you know, the global response was just truly amazing. How does folding at home work? How does the public contribute computing power? Yeah, so the, so the idea with folding at home is that you know, we want to understand how these molecular machines work and uh, you imagine this you know, complicated blob that has all of these moving parts and everything is stochastic. So you know, watching it happen once is insufficient. You need to watch for a long time uh, to see what all the different random permutations are and what their relative probabilities are. Uh, and, and so the idea with folding at home is we want to build a map of all of these uh, different confirmations and you know, have in there which are more probable than others and how you can get from one to another, uh, and then start using that to explain experimental data and make predictions. Uh, and so um, <clears throat> the traditional way to, to deal with this problem is to say, okay, well, we need a really long simulation to watch all of this stuff happen uh, serially. And so you invest, you know, tens or hundreds of millions of dollars in a big supercomputer and try to get a big allotment of time and you run this one big simulation, right? And so by analogy, it's like trying to build a map of the United States and saying, okay, well, I need to explore all the roadways. And so I'm going to invest a lot of money in the fastest race car that I can, right? And that's definitely a strategy, but you can only buy such a fast race car, right? You know, even Bill Gates can only get so much uh, speed, right? He can't get 10 to the sixth times as much horsepower as I can. Uh, and, and so what we did uh, as a community was develop an alternative strategy, which is to say, well, ultimately what we wanted is this map. So instead of throwing all this money at one really fast car, let's just get a lot of cars and have them explore different regions of the map in parallel. So when you're running Unfolding at Home, what your computer is doing is volunteering to our servers to do work. We give you a structure of a protein and how run, long to simulate it. And your computer goes off and does, does that in the background. And then it sends us back the data. And this is kind of like sending us back the GPS coordinates as you commute to work and drive to the grocery store. And then on our side, we take all of these GPS coordinates and use it to infer this map that captures length and timescales that are way, way, way beyond uh, what your little computer or anyone else's computer, including the fastest supercomputers in the world can do. In fact, you had such a great response to the COVID project that you had some growing pains through this. Yes. Talk about that. Yeah, so, so at the beginning of 2020, uh, we had 30,000 devices around the world that were actively participating in folding at home. And this was really great. Like we were routinely running calculations that would have cost us millions of dollars on the cloud, which was way beyond the sort of budget that we as 
uh, grant-funded research groups have at our disposal. Uh, and, and so what happened at the end of February when we announced that our uh, first uh, COVID-19 simulations were going live is that you know, everyone was freaking out about the stay-at-home orders and the massive uncertainty that we were all facing and feeling really helpless that there wasn't much we could do except for go home and hide and hope this goes away soon. Uh, and so what happened is that we offered a way for people legitimately to take a stab at having some impact by helping us to understand the virus and new ways to inform the development of vaccines or drugs or other therapeutics. And so people piled on. Uh, so within the first three weeks, we went from having uh, 30,000 active devices to well over 300,000. And uh, our code and infrastructure was you know, built to scale, so we handled that just fine. Uh, but then things kept growing. And, and so within the first couple of months, we were at well over a million active devices. And so then our servers were really struggling to keep up. We were literally you know, uh, limited by things like how fast we could write the data that our community was helping generate to disk. Uh, and, and so, uh, one of the real blessings, though, is because Folding at Home has been around for 20 years and has this great reputation, and there's all kinds of people around the world that have participated at different times or know about it, uh, is there was just this explosion in people offering to help. So we had, you know, all the big tech companies reaching out and offering us access to machines and access to engineers that could, you know, help us. Uh, scramble to scale things up as quickly as possible. Um, and so this was really, you know, heartwarming to, to see and almost like a big family reunion. Uh, and, and long story short, you know, we uh, 10x the number of servers on our side so that we could make use of all the compute power that was volunteered to us. Uh, and it's probably true that we've run the most simulations that have been run in the history of mankind. And this is all you know, being made publicly available on uh, platforms like AWS public data sets and being used by scientists around the world. And, you know, we've also played an active role in some drug discovery projects that are in, uh, you know, animal testing and queuing up to do uh, first human tests. So, you know, it's been really awesome to, to see this progress from very basic research to something that really could like impact uh, global health. On that, you, you mentioned AWS. How does Amazon Web Services contribute? So Amazon has been been really great in uh, giving you know helping us get uh, servers running on the the cloud uh, and uh, teaching us how to use their infrastructure, uh, which has been amazing for scaling quickly. Because normally the way things work is we you know get grants to buy hardware that we uh, put up at our our universities. Uh, and just the time scale for getting those funds committed and buying the hardware and getting it installed and set up uh, was nowhere near uh, appropriate for the rapidity with which we, we needed to, to move. Uh, and so having help from AWS, you know, with our first major uh, cloud initiative was a huge help in terms of, you know, getting new servers up like, like that. Uh, and then they've been helping us by uh, getting us engaged in this public data sets program where uh, they're hosting our data for us because you know, it was pulling at home because it's public uh, service, you know, all of our data is available to anyone who wants upon request, but you know, often in the past sharing it has required people to, you know, send us a hard drive and we'll put the data on it and ship it back to you. 
which is really not the speed at which we want to be moving when there's a global pandemic to, to be dealt with as quickly as possible. Uh, and so being able to put this all up in the, the cloud and you know, make use of the fact that AWS uh, has the you know, physical infrastructure to let whoever wants to, to download it from the S3 bucket is uh, really powerful. If someone wants to get involved, what's the best way they can do that? So there's a number of routes. One of the simplest ways to get involved is to go to our website at foldingathome.org and you can learn more about the project and download our uh, software and install it and start contributing your compute power. Uh, and you have a lot of control as a volunteer. You can set it so it only runs when you're not using the computer. You can tell us what fraction of your computer we're allowed to use. Uh, and so, you know, it's designed to stay out of your way. Um, but there's also a whole lot if you want to get more involved. We have a forum where people discuss technical issues and help each other uh, solve them. Uh, we have a Discord server where people talk about, uh, you know, their technical problems or try to understand the science and talk it out with people or, you know, show off how cool their hardware is. Uh, all of our volunteers get points in proportion to the uh, amount of compute power that they contribute. So there's friendly and constructive uh, competition to effectively see who can do the most good in the world by contributing the most power. Uh, our volunteers can form teams and you know, have competition at a larger scale. Uh, and uh, you know, there's a lot of things that have grown up around this just spontaneously. So there's a couple of cryptocurrencies that tie the uh, distribution of their coins to our point system. Uh, and so there's some people that are actually able to, you know, pay for uh, new computers and cover the electric bill by earning cryptocurrency. And that's a whole other, you know, factor to this really amazing uh, community that has built up around this scientific effort. Dr. Greg Bowman, Associate Professor at Washington University in St. Louis and Director at Folding at Home. If somebody wants to connect with you personally, Greg, and thank you so much for taking the time to talk about this, what's the best way they can do that? Uh, you can check me out on Twitter at Dr. Greg Bowman, uh, or we have a Folding at Home Twitter account, and uh, uh, you can find contact information like emails and stuff at foldingathome.org. Sounds good. Thanks and, so much. Of course. And find and subscribe to more of my interviews right here on YouTube, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or at tanyahall.net. Thanks for watching.